Today's message, I want to begin with a story. Uh, we're going to continue a series called Now What? And I'm going to start with a story in just a few minutes. We're going to be looking uh, to the Word of God. But I want to tell you a story about a little boy. His name's Teddy, and his second grade teacher, her name was Miss Thompson. When Teddy was in the second grade, his mom died. It seemed to have a real negative effect on Teddy. In fact, he kind of mentally and emotionally just shut down. One of the things that mom always did was mom would help Teddy with his homework. When she passed away, it just didn't work for Teddy's dad. He couldn't help him. He tried and tried and tried to help him, but the frustration was just so bad, he finally just gave up. Teddy went to school. Miss Thompson did the same thing. She tried and tried to help, but, it, but, but, but Teddy had checked out. He, he was emotionally shut down. He, he, he just couldn't find. I mean, the death of his mom really, really affected him. Came time for the Christmas party. All the other students were bringing nice gifts. Teddy had blended in. Everybody kind of forgot about him. The students made fun of him. One by one, the students would get up and they'd walk to the front. And they'd give Miss Thompson this beautiful package with this beautiful bow on it. She'd open it up and inside there was this incredible gift. One by one, she'd be opening them up. She'd ooh and ah and just make a big deal out of every single one of them. All the other students had come, brought gifts. It was Teddy's turn. Teddy couldn't afford a nice gift. In fact, Teddy could not even afford nice wrapping paper and a nice boat. All Teddy could do was go through his house because he so bad wanted to give Miss Thompson a gift and find a brown paper sack. He couldn't afford a gift, so he went through his mom's stuff. And as going through his mom's stuff, he found a couple of items. And, and Teddy, when it was his turn, got up and walked to the front with a brown paper sack. The whole time Teddy's walking from his seat... To the front of the class, he has his head down. He's very ashamed, and he's shuffling instead of walking. When the other students noticed that Teddy was bringing a brown paper sack instead of a nicely wrapped gift, they started laughing. They started making fun of Teddy. Teddy walked to the front, head hanging down. Reached up very ashamed. That's all he could afford. A brown paper sack. Miss Thompson took the sack. She looked around the class and saw everybody was laughing and making fun of Teddy. She saw Teddy standing before her with his head down, his shoulders drooped. She knew he had, she had to rescue her student. 
Miss Thompson reached in the sack and she began to pull out the items that were there. And the first thing she pulled out was a half full bottle of perfume. Teddy, with his head down, said, Miss Thompson, that was my mom's favorite perfume. I'm, I'm sorry it's not full, but since it was her favorite, I, I wanted you to have it and snickering and laughing and making fun. The rest of the class was. Miss Thompson reached in again and, and she pulled out of the sack, uh, Teddy's sack, and she's it's another, it's, it's a bracelet, it's a rhinestone bracelet, and there's even a couple of rhinestones missing. Again, with his head down, Teddy said, Miss, Miss Thompson, I'm, I'm sorry it's old, and I'm sorry there are rhinestones missing, but that was my mom's favorite bracelet. And the class continues to laugh at little Teddy. Miss Thompson, looking out at the class, realizes she's going to have to rescue her student. So she takes that bracelet and she puts it on and she holds it up high and she says, Oh, Teddy, I love it. This is beautiful. I'm going to wear it every day. Well, Teddy's head kind of raised up, a little smile on his face. She took the perfume and sprayed it on her. Don't you think I'm going to spray perfume on me up here? I want you to know that. You use your imagination, all right? She sprayed the perfume on. She smelled it. Oh, she said, Teddy, I love it. I'm going to wear this every day. And with her comments and her reaction, the rest of the class kind of silenced. They weren't laughing anymore. Teddy's head was up. Oh, Miss Thompson, thank you. If you'll wear that every day, that's going to remind me of my mom. And, and oh, I, I thank you so much. And instead of shuffling back to his seat with his head down, Teddy walked back to his seat with his head up, his shoulders back, and he's all proud. And something happened that day between Miss Thompson and Teddy. There was a connection made. From that moment on, Teddy began to comprehend the class. He began to understand. He began to pass the tests. And at the end of the year, his grades were good enough for him to move from second grade to third grade. It was a great day for Teddy and Miss Thompson. Teachers sometimes, the students move on, they forget. Students might move on and forget their teachers. Just several years later, Miss Thompson got a letter in the mail. It was from Teddy. Miss Thompson, I just wanted to write you today and let you know that next week I'm going to be graduating from high school, number two in my class. Miss Thompson, thank you for your reaction to my gifts that day in the brown paper sack. Your reaction to my gifts changed my life. Well, that made Miss Thompson feel good. It was great. But again, you kind of take that good feeling of accomplishment kind of put it aside until four years later she got another letter Miss Thompson I just wanted to write you today and let you know that next week I'm going to be graduating from the university number one in my class thank you Miss Thompson for your reaction to what I brought you that day in that brown paper sack 
it changed my life. Again, Miss Thompson, she felt good. It's good. She thought, we done? It's over. Until four years later, she gets another letter from Teddy. This letter said, Miss Thompson, I just wanted to let you know, next week I'm going to be graduating from medical school. I am now Dr. Theodore Stollard. One more thing, Miss Thompson. I'm also getting married next month. You know my mom has passed away, but my father's also passed away. And Miss Thompson, I'd be honored if you would come to my wedding and sit where my mom sat. You're the only family that I have left. P.S. Miss Thompson, thank you for your reaction to what I gave you that day in that brown paper sack. It changed my life. People's Church, the story I just told you is a true story. And I will tell you that Miss Thompson did attend Teddy's wedding wearing the perfume and the bracelet that he gave her that day in a brown paper sack. His teacher's reaction to that brown paper sack changed his life. I want us to put that story on hold just a minute and look to the Word of God. If you have your Bible, iPad, iPhone, whatever you read, I'd like for you to go with me to John chapter 6 and verse number 1. We're going to look at the first four verses here, but just kind of keep your device or your Bible open because we're going to unpack this story. And we're going to talk about another sack here in John chapter 6. John chapter 6 verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. We'll, we'll pause right there, and we're going to go down in just a little bit. But I, I want to speak to you today as we continue the series, Now What? About there's a miracle in that sack. There's a miracle in that sack. Now, here's what's happened. Jesus is just trying to retreat. He's trying to get away. He's trying to go for a staff meeting. He wants to get together with his leadership team. And all he wants to do is cast a little vision and have a little rest. But while he's going up that mountainside, Jesus turns around and sees 5,000 people following him. How many know you're not going to get any rest with 5,000 people following you? 5,000. 5,000 people following he turned around, and here's point number one. Because when Jesus looks at a crowd, here's what Jesus sees. Number one, Jesus saw a need. When Jesus looks at mankind, he saw a need. Now, I'm speaking this with a smile on my face because I love the need that Jesus sees here. He's trying to go for rest, trying to have a staff meeting. He turns around and says, man, there's 5,000 people following me. You know what his first thought was? They're hungry. Hallelujah, I like that. Huh? They, they need something to eat. Amen. I like that. He turned around and he said, man, look at all these people. There's 5,000 of them who need something. But you know what? Jesus sees a need. And I want you to know today, friend, that, that Jesus looks at you and sees your need. I'm glad that he sees needs. 
Other people might see other things. They might look at us and see different things. But do you know that Jesus simply sees what you need? And I'm glad that he's not only the savior of our soul, but he's faithful to continue to meet our needs day after day, every day of our life. He is so faithful. That's what Jesus is all about. He is a need-meeting Jesus. That's what he's concerned. Everybody else might be seeing something different. But Jesus is looking at people today and he says, I'm going to meet you at your point of need. I'm glad that's what he sees. Jesus looks. He sees the need. He showed up in John 4 at a well to get a drink. And a woman showed up. And all of a sudden, he wasn't thinking about himself. He looked at her and said, I'm going to give you water and you'll never thirst again. The religious crowd drug a woman caught in adultery. They were, had their stones raised. They were ready to stone her. But Jesus simply said, go and sin no more. Oh, people's church, I'm glad that Jesus doesn't throw stones. He sees our need, forgives us of sins, and meets us where we are. That's what Jesus sees. That's all he's seeing today. He just sees what you need. From peace be still... To take up your mat and walk. Jesus is all about meeting needs. Let me stop and insert this though. Before I say it though, let me just tell you, I wish I didn't have to preach this. I wish I didn't have to say this next line, but, but I do. I want to help somebody because I want you to know Jesus does not always respond to every need immediately. I told you I wish I didn't have to say it. <laughs> he doesn't always respond immediately. But can I tell you this? That's still my favorite way. <laughs> Who likes it when you pray and he shows up? Isn't that be That's the best way. But he doesn't always respond immediately. But how many at People's Church today know he always responds eventually? See? <laughs> Might not be immediate. But he always responds eventually. Because that's the Jesus that we serve. But let's go on because there were some other people there. And they saw some different things. Okay. Jesus saw a need. But Philip was also there. Let's look at verse 7. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Number two, Philip saw a price. Philip saw a price. Jesus saw a need. But Philip saw a price. He looked at that and he said, Lord, we got 5,000 people. Do you know how much 5,000 Big Macs cost? Do you have any... We got five. If we all put together eight months wages, it's not going to be enough. We don't have the money to feed these people. Philip saw a price. Now the scripture said Jesus was testing Philip. Do you ever feel like the Lord's testing you sometimes? <laughs> I feel like the Lone Ranger in here, huh? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm being... 
Now, here's why. I just want to pause just 30 seconds, a little Bible background so we can connect it here just a little bit. Because the reason he's talking to Philip right now is because Philip's from this area. He knew the area. So he turns to Philip. He starts talking to Philip about feeding them because this is his, man, this hometown. He knew wherever McDonald's was, you know. And more importantly, he knew wherever Starbucks was. Come on, how many coffee drinkers up in here? That's right, that's right. I don't know what the rest of you are going to do. That's what they're having in heaven. I want you to know that. I'm just teasing. I'm, I really am. Philip knew the area. So Jesus turned to him as a test. And Philip didn't pass the test. He's focused on the price. Now let's move on because somebody else was there. Andrew was there. Let's look at verses 8 and 9. Andrew was there. Verse number 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will it go among so many? Jesus saw a need. Philip saw a price. But Andrew sees limitations. He sees limitations. Oh, man, look at this boy. He got some food. Look in there. There is two filet of fish sandwiches. And look at that. But Lord, do you understand? We got two sandwiches and 5,000 people. Two sandwiches, 5,000 people. If 5,000 people take a bite out of those two sandwiches, is not enough. Plus, I ain't eating after you. <laughs> Do you understand, Lord? Now, Philip's thinking about how much it costs. But Andrew says, we got a boy here. He got, look at that, we got a couple of sandwiches. We got, I better back up. Some of y'all looking hungry, huh? You about to rush the stage, ain't you? Yeah, we got some food. Isn't this great? This little boy's come. But Lord, do you understand? There is 5,000 people out there. And we got two sandwiches. It's not, not going to be enough. It reminds me of a story in the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. I want you to read it sometime. But the first two verses, and again, I need to stop and I need to build a little background here for you. Because during Old Testament days, if a man dies and leaves debt behind to his family and the wife cannot pay the debt off, sad but true, the person to whom they owe money has a right to come in and take her kids. True, sad, but true. So here's what we've got in 2 Kings 4. We've got a woman who owes some money because her husband's passed away. That woman can't pay her debt. She's got two sons. And she knows she's going to lose those boys. Moms, you could relate to this. They're going to take my kids. I can't let this happen. She goes to the prophet, and the prophet says, here's what, 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 what you got in your house. And, and the woman says, well, I just got a little oil. See, limitations, limitations. I just got a little oil. Here's what the prophet said. He said, I want you to go around to all your neighbors and get jars. 
And then I want you to bring those jars. I want you to put the oil in the jars. And I want you to go sell those jars of oil and pay off your debt and keep your kids. I know what the woman's thinking. I'm going to get a lot of jars, but I just got a little bit of oil. Just got a little bit of oil. But they do. And here's what I see. I see the assembly line. I see him, okay, I got one son down here, and he's got the jars. I got mom right here, and she's got the oil. And we got another son down there, and he's putting the jars full of oil in the boxes. Okay? So we take a jar. We put in the oil. We pass it down. We take a jar. We put in the oil. We pass it down. We take a jar. We put in the oil. We pass it down. I hope y'all are getting this. I'm getting tired up here. We take a jar. We put in the oil. We pass it down. And all of a sudden, mom reaches for a jar. And we out of jars. But we still got oil. And we started with a lot of jars and a little bit of oil. And now we out of jars and we still got oil. Pray for me, I'm about to preach. <laughs> Somebody getting this up in here? We start because when you give God a little bit, He's got the ability to multiply and make that grow and make that big. And we all looking at limitations. We, we, we are just like Andrew sometimes. We're looking at limitations. We don't have enough. But Jesus has the ability to take a little bit and make it a lot. And here's what I don't want you to miss, people's church. I don't want you to miss this. Those jars came from the neighbors. The oil came from God Man's resources always run out before God's resources. God's got the power and the ability to multiply that seed. And that's exactly what he did. She went and sold all those and got to keep her kids. See, there's other people looking at limitations on you. The Lord sees your need. Fourth thing I want to share with you. Jesus saw a need, Philip saw a price, Andrew saw limitations. Number four, the boy saw a miracle. The boy, because when you give the Lord a little bit, he makes it a lot. So you got this little boy, he shows up with two fish sandwiches. And the disciples say to him, hey, can we borrow your lunch? We got 5,000 people to feed. Can you imagine the thought? What would you and I think? You going to feed 5,000 people with that? Are you serious? I'll tell you what. Mama fixes this for me every day. If I hold on to it, I'm the only one that gets to eat. But if I give it to Jesus, he can feed 5,000 from it. I got to see that. Really? So I'm not going to hold on to my sack because it just meets my need. But when I put it in the hands of Jesus, it's going to feed everybody. You know what I think about? I think about the way the little boy told that story for the rest of his life. You know, when we all tell stories, they get bigger. <laughs> Don't look around the room. Look up here while I'm talking. They all get bigger, you know. Can you, here's what I, I just see this little boy rocking his grandkids in the recliner one day and saying, yeah, kids, let me tell you the story about the day I bought dinner for 5,000 people. 
I can just hear that, you know. But you know what? The boy's thinking, I got this sack, this sandwich, is this all I got? But if I hold on to that, it's all I'll ever have. But if I give it to Jesus, he's going to multiply it. And he's going to make it bigger. Which leads me to the final thing I want to talk to you about today is there's, a, there's another sack. It's, it, it's not in the Word of God, but it's my sack, and it's what I brought into this worship experience today. Because I want you to know we all did the right thing by coming to church today. We all did. But we also all brought some stuff in here. We brought some hurts and some cares and some... In fact, you know, some of us just tired up in here today. We just, we just exhausted. We are. We've been fighting battles and your daily routine. And man, you know, some, some people brought a sack full of worries in here. Anybody but me worried about it. You just got some things that... You're worried about some of you didn't sleep last night because you're worried about some things. We just, we just keep, we, 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 brought our, we brought our sack of frustration. We, we're just frustrated with things didn't turn out like we thought they were going to turn out. And, and oh man, this is, a, this is a big one. Some of us just got a lot of disappointment sitting in church today. We're just, just so disappointed. Other people have disappointed us. And you know, sometimes, I don't know if anybody else but me does, sometimes I just look in the mirror and disappointed with myself sometimes. Really? I brought some Some of you have heard, heard me tell my story here. You've been here when I spoke before. You, you, you know that in 1999 I went through a divorce. Some of you brought, you, you brought some relational disaster. Some of you going through some real serious relational stuff today. And, and, and you, brought it, you brought it in here. And, and uh, that's why I want to pause and just let you know and encourage you to go by the Welcome Center. I've written a new book called The Other Side of Courageous. It's about my story. When my life fell apart, relational, they'll, they'll, they'll be out there at the Welcome Center after surf. But you know what? We, we, all, we all brought some stuff, didn't we? We, we just, we, we, we all, and, and you know what? We got with this sack and we came in to, we, oh, we're here and we did the right thing. Amen. We're at church. This is what we should have done. This is the best place to be. But we brought some stuff. stuff. Now what? Now what you going to do with it? Whether we want to admit it or not, we all brought it. What are we going to do with it? Now what? What you going to do? I got two choices like that little boy. I can hang on to it. But you know what? I'm going to walk in with it and I'm going to walk out with it too. And my life's not going to be changed today. Or... I could say, Jesus, would you take my sack today? I don't know what you're going to do with it, Lord, because there's a lot of stuff in there. I'm frustrated. I'm worried. I'm tired. I've been through relational disasters. I got lack. I, 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 I just don't know what you're going to do with all my stuff, Lord. But you know what? I'm not going to hold on to it. 
Because if I hold on to it, it's all that it will ever be. So I've stepped into people's church today saying, Lord, I don't know what to do with this, but you do. And you can take all the stuff in my life and you can make something awesome out of it. It can be a miracle, Lord. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I know what you can do. And I tell you today, there's a miracle in this sack because the Lord's going to take our stuff and make something beautiful out of it. Of it, child of God. Every Christ follower here today, you know the Lord can do it. See, he can do it. And just like Miss Thompson's reaction to little Teddy's gift in the brown paper sack changed his life, can I tell you that Jesus' reaction to what's in our brown paper sack is going to change our life today?